What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled, as always, by the great folks at Nerd Tees, as well as any throat-soothing, lozenge, sore throat situation remedy that you could possibly imagine. And welcome to week 11 of my weekly NFL football pick show for the 2018-2019 NFL regular season and postseason. So as you may recall, I was a shade under the weather last week, and I think considering the fact that on the days that I was supposed to record, I had no voice at all, was hopped up on every medication this side of the Mississippi, uh, I, th I think that works out geographically. Anyways, uh, your boy was a little sick and, and under some medication. I think considering all of these things... The past week, week 10, pretty darn successful. Wound up going 8-6 and six straight up, which was about on par with the best of the folks in the Pick'em Leagues. That has us 93 correct, 53 incorrect with the two ties straight up so far on the season. Against the spread, very successful week against the spread. 8-5-1, in fact. Apparently I should get sick more often. 8-5-1 against the spread has a 71-73 and 73 with our four pushes now so far on the season. Over-under, we even broke even. 7-7 seven and seven in week 10. That has a 64-83 and 83 with one push on the total so far. But man, look, 500 over under, a pretty good week against the spread, and better than 50% straight up, considering I felt about half a man for the last week. That's pretty good. Platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks were pretty well all good. Now, I did miss my bronze pick because the New England Patriots, for whatever reason, put up uh, the most random just fart of the season against the Tennessee Titans, losing that game 34-10. to Other than that, Green Bay took care of Miami 31-12. Kansas City beat Arizona, although not by as much as a lot of people thought they would. I went the other way, 26-14. And Chicago beats the Detroit Lions 34-22. Interesting rematch of that matchup coming up here in a couple of weeks. So straight up, I wound up going 3-1. Against the spread, I also went 3-1. Told you to take Chicago minus six and a half, the Arizona Cardinals plus 16 and a half, the Packers to cover minus 10, and I told you to take the Patriots to cover minus six and a half, so obviously that one was wrong. And on the totals, like the week as a whole, we broke even. I did correctly tell you to take over 45 points in Chicago and Detroit, and told you to correctly stay under 46 and a half points in New England and Tennessee. That was close, got to 44, but we hit our under there. We did miss the other two. I told you to go over 49 and a half points and over 47 and a half points in Kansas City and Green Bay, respectively. Those two did not work out. Green Bay was close, got to 43, but they didn't work out. So three and one straight up, three and one against the spread, two and two on the over-unders, successful week. Looking now at the Bridgewater's Finest and official NFL YouTube prognosticators pick'em pools, starting with the Bridgewater's Finest pool, still sitting in 14th place out of 43, 792 out of 1174 possible confidence points. That's a clip of 67%. We're in a good spot, but need to push forward. In week 10, I brought in 68 of 105 possible confidence points. That's a clip of 65%, not quite going in the right direction. Shout out to our week 10 winner, Potvin's Picks. Hotfin has been a, a viewer of mine for a few seasons now, I believe. They also went 8-6, and six, same straight-up record as me, managed the confidence points a little bit better. 76 out of 105, that's a clip of 72%. 
good enough to win the week. Billy B remains our overall leader. Same straight up record that I have, 93, 53, and 2. Billy B's got 842 out of 1174 possible confidence points. That's a championship clip of 72%. Worth pointing out, the top 10 in this pool are all within 35 points of each other. The top 14, which ends with me are all within exactly 50 points of the leader so it's still very tight still anybody's game but we're heading into the championship rounds in the official nfl youtube prognosticators pick em pool which is is and against the spread pick em pool i'm moving up the ranks i'm now tied for fifth out of 50 so somehow we lost somebody doing picks 71 out of 148 games picked correctly against the spread based on Yahoo's lines. That has me at a clip of 48% on the season. It's not good, but it is good enough to be sitting within the top five across the pool. In week 10, got eight of the 14 games picked correctly. That's a clip of 57%. We need a few more weeks like that to start getting us on the happy side of par. Shout out to our week 10 winner, Andrew, JW Pats fan, 1989. That is Andrew Warren, a fellow NFL YouTube prognosticator had himself a pretty darn good week 10 and 4 against the spread that has a clip of 71% and good enough to win week 10. Gavin O'Connor remains our overall leader 77 of the 148 games played so far in the NFL picked correctly against the spread based on Yahoo's lines. That's only a clip of 52%, so that's still very much anybody's game. The top five in this pool, which of course ends with me, are all within six picks of each other. The top 10 within seven picks. So really bunched up at the top. One good week is good enough to take you from seven or eight all the way up to a tie for first or second. So shout out to Potvin's Picks and Andrew J.W. Pats fan 1989 for winning week 10 and to Billy B. and Gavin O'Connor for being and remaining the overall leaders. Let's take a peek into Fantasy Corner and see how my eight fantasy football teams did in week 10 action. Split the difference. We went four and four in the Professionals Dynasty Fantasy Football League. I did pick up the win, the late win, a Sunday night win. In fact, I had to hold on against Chris Carter, the Tomorrowland Movers. Eight straight wins in my own pool now has me sitting at eight and two and in first place. But I got a week 11 matchup coming up here with Antonio Brown notes that is Conrad Parrish. He's new to the league this year. He's in second place. So first versus second matchup this week. It's a projected win for me right now, but it's going to be a very tight matchup. In the official NFL YouTube Prognosticators Fantasy Football League, I dropped my third straight game this past week, a loss to Keith Bailey, Beetle Bailey in the league. That has me 6-4, but I was 6-1. I got a week 11 matchup with Chris Carter, the Gracie Manor Ghouls. That's another projected loss for me, and I'm really falling down the standings here as we head towards the playoffs, and things are starting to get a little tight. So thank you to Chris Carter and Keith Bailey for the matchups last week, and Conrad Parrish and Chris Carter again. Let's knuckle up and do the damn thing in week 11. And I'll take this opportunity, as I always do, to remind you that if you go to the description of the video on YouTube or on the episode on SoundCloud or iTunes, you're going to find all my results from week 10, all my straight up against the spread and over under plays for week 11. You're going to find information on joining the Bridgewater's Finest and official NFL YouTube prognosticators pick'em pools. You're going to find information on joining the NFL YouTube prognosticators Facebook page and you're going to find information on our sponsor, the great folks at Nerd Tees. So this is what you're going to want to do. And this is just, this is personal from me to you. 
you're going to want to go to nerdteas.ca. You're going to want to take a look at the over 100 blends of green teas, black teas, matcha teas, loose leaf teas, and tea accessories. You're going to want to take a look at all that stuff. You're going to want to pick and choose, find some stuff that you think you might be interested in. You're going to make yourself a little shopping cart, right? It's online commerce. You know the deal. You're going to want to use the promo code BWFINEST. Because what's that bad boy going to do for you? As you slap the top of it, you say you can fit so many 15% discounts in this thing. Going to save you 15%. You're going to get free shipping if you live in the great white north of Canada. Free shipping on any order over 50 bucks. If you're in the U.S., you're going to have two little clicks of a button and bingo bango like magic. Everything is going to be in U.S. dollars for you. Great conversion on the U.S. dollar. And you're going to buy from nerdtees.ca. Why? Because you're going to find yourself something to love. Or you're going to find someone you love something to love. Christmas is right around the corner. Great gift ideas abound on nerdtees.ca. Today's blend is Japanese orange cooler. And it is really going to help me get through this episode as I can already feel the scratchiness coming. Nerdtees.ca, promo code BWFINEST. Save 15% at checkout. Free shipping in Canada. Never been a better time. All right, week 11, we are on a short, short week. Again, one of the shortest weeks of the season. Only 13 games, a baker's dozen worth of NFL action in week 11. Let's waste no more time and get right into it, starting with the Thursday nighter. We're going to kick things off in Seattle, where the Seahawks are going to play host to the Green Bay Packers. Seattle, of course, in the past has not always been the most hospitable spot for Green Bay, the NFC West is essentially spoken for. The Rams are at 9 and 1. Seattle is in second place, but they're still under 500 at 4 and 5. Now the Seahawks have only played 3 home games so far this season. They've lost 2 of them, so it may potentially be time to start talking about or I suppose stop talking about Seattle as being this like impregnable fortress for the Seahawks. They're under 500 at home right now. Green Bay got the job done last week against a cupcake opponent, which is exactly what they needed to do. But this is a Packers team that has not won a game on the road so far this season. They are 0-4. That ain't going to get it done. I shouldn't say it's shocking to me that Green Bay's in the situation that they're in with their record. Of course, again, Green Bay's my team. But like this is a team that moves the ball incredibly well. Like They're the number seven total offense in football right now, scoring 25 points a game. The defense has not been terrible. They're just in key situations. They haven't exactly been the greatest. They are not opportunistic. They give up way too many points, despite the fact that in terms of total defense, they're still 11th in the league. The secondary has been doing its job. It's really been the run defense that has let things down for Green Bay here. Only number 22 in the entire NFL in terms of the run defense, giving up about 120 a game. That could be bad news against a Seahawks team where they finally look like they've had a running back really break out, certainly from last week. Penny grabbing the reins from who I thought it was going to be Mike Davis, but Penny really stepping up, having himself a hell of a game. I think he hit triple digits. Most people are going to look at this pick and say, well, obviously, you know what? He's going to go with his team. He's going to go with Green Bay. Hell, he went with Green Bay to beat New England a couple weeks ago. I am going with Green Bay. I'm going with Green Bay for a very specific reason here. This Seattle offensive line, still not great, still gives up the pressures, 
on Russell Wilson. The Green Bay Packers, with a committee approach, in fact, lead the NFL in sacks so far this year. That's kind of shocking to me, but it's, again, it's a committee approach. You never really know where the pass rush is going to come from, but it is going to get to your quarterback so far statistically on the season. And I am going to take Green Bay because they're the team that has to be feeling pressure. Right now, Seattle at four and five, they're not feeling any pressure. They're not really in the wild card hunt in the NFC. The the division is all but gone at this point. Like right now in the NFC, let's see. It's uh, six and three and five and three. So, I mean, Seattle's a game and a half back of the wild card at this point. I got to look at the team that needs to win versus the team that doesn't necessarily need to win yet. I really think Green Bay is a team that needs to win because this division is not totally out of hand yet. You got the Bears at 6 and 3, Minnesota at 5-3 and 1. If the Packers win this week and Minnesota loses, all of a sudden, boom, you're now tied at 5-4 and 1. Maybe Chicago drops their game and this division is still wide open. So Green Bay is in win now mode very much. I don't see Seattle as being in the same situation. So I'm going to take the team that's in win now mode. I'm going to take Green Bay on the road in Seattle to do what has been very difficult for them, which is to beat the Seahawks in Seattle. Against the spread, Seattle is a two and a half point favorite at home, which makes sense. The Packers is two and a half point dogs, like them to win outright. So let's take Green Bay plus the two and a half. Total in the game is 49. I have it capped more than a field goal under this. So I'm going to stick under. Let's stay under 49 points in Green Bay, Seattle. Let's go to Atlanta now where the Falcons are going to come home and play host to the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys coming into this game on back-to-back road games. These two teams come in with identical four and five records going in the opposite direction from the previous time out. Atlanta losing a shocking game against the Cleveland Browns by two possessions, 28 to 16, virtually inexcusable for this Falcons team. Dallas, on the other hand, coming up huge with a division win against the Philadelphia Eagles by a touchdown, 27 to 20. While this game is by no means a layup for the Falcons, I do definitely have to give the edge to Atlanta in this one. Not just because Dallas is coming off of back-to-back road games, and like we say, or sorry, not coming off of, on the tail end of back-to-back road games, and they won last week. So what did we say? It's not only difficult to play back-to-back road games, it's incredibly difficult to win back-to-back road games. So I give Atlanta the edge there. Dallas only 1-4 away from their own building this season. Atlanta is over 500 at home. I just think Atlanta's the better football team. I think the Falcons can go out, get this win, get back to 500, and still kind of be hanging around in terms of, you know, thoughts of the wild card. The division probably at a range at this point with the Saints sitting at 8-1. and one. They'd have to surpass the Panthers who are also at 6-3. and three. But that second wild card spot, that can still be in the conversation for the Falcons here with a win. That's the way I'm going to go with this one. Let's take the Falcons at home to beat Dallas. Against the spread, Atlanta favored by three and a half points at home. I very briefly contemplated a hedge in this one because it is that extra half point and everybody hates to buy that extra half point. It's just too small of a margin for me to hedge. If I like Atlanta to win the game, I like Atlanta to win the game. That's a small price to pay. So we're going to go Atlanta minus the three and a half points. Total in the game, sitting at 48. I personally capped it just the littlest bit lower than this, but the two teams are combined 10 and 8 on the over-under, so slight lean towards overs there. 
I think I'm going to have to go over on this one. That 48 is just, <clears throat> it's a high 40, but it's still kind of a middling number. So let's go over 48 points in Dallas, Atlanta. Let's go to Detroit now. Battle of two teams going in the opposite direction, going in the wrong direction, I should say. The Lions at home playing host to the Carolina Panthers. Lions losers of three straight games and not looking particularly good while they're doing it. Carolina coming off of getting embarrassed on Thursday night football against Pittsburgh to the tune of 52-21. to Carolina will, of course, have the benefit of having the long week to prepare for this game. They'll be a little extra rested, but this is back-to-back road games for the Panthers. These are two teams basically on the complete opposite of the spectrum. Detroit's 3-6, and six, Carolina's 6-3. Six and three. One team is very much in the playoff picture, the other team certainly on the outside looking in. One team is scoring more than they're being scored on, the other team is being scored on more than they're scoring. One team is unbeaten at home, but only 1-3 on the road. The other team kind of middling at home, very much not very good on the road. In most measurable ways, I think the Carolina Panthers should absolutely have their way with the Lions in this game. Again, that back-to-back road games, very difficult, especially after being absolutely embarrassed on a national and really worldwide stage against a marquee opponent. Like, I mean, Carolina just got absolutely spanked in that game. Ultimately, though, I am going to give the edge here to the Panthers, even though they're on the road. Detroit only has one victory this season against a team that plays in the NFC. They're 1-5 and five against NFC opponents right now, and they can't even say that they're getting clobbered within the division. I mean, they're, they're under 500, but they're only 1-2, and two. so only two of those five losses have come from within their own division. That's Things are not going well for Detroit, and of course, having now traded away Golden Tate, essentially Marvin Jones is your number one receiving target. The, the run game kind of coming along a little bit, but I still get this feeling that they're not willing to fully commit to carry on Johnson at the running back position. I think the sooner they make the decision to do that and fully commit to the idea of having, you know, not a bell cow running back, but somebody that can run the ball 20, 20 times a game, you got to commit to that. I think they'll be better off for it. I don't know that they're ready to do that. Panthers have too many weapons here for what's not a very good defense. So let's take Carolina on the road in Detroit to beat the Lions. On the line, Lions are four-point dogs at home. Again, Carolina, four-point favorite. Sort of the same deal with Atlanta and Dallas. I very briefly considered hedging my bets in this one because I was like, eh, four points. I got to buy quite a bit extra. But again, it's just too small of a margin, I think, for me to hedge. If I really like the Panthers to win the game, sure, I'm sure they can cover four points. So let's take Carolina minus four. Total in the game, 51 points. I personally capped it a few points higher than this. The two teams are a combined 12 and 6 over under this season. Pretty strong lean towards an over. So let's take over 51 points in Carolina, Detroit. Let's go to Indianapolis now. One of only a handful of division matchups to be found on the schedule this week. Colts at home playing host to the suddenly surprising Tennessee Titans. You want to talk about coming from nowhere. The Titans now sit 5-4 and four on the season. They've won two straight games. Really, really, really good sign for the Titans. And I have to give praise to one particular player. Derrick Henry, man. 
after spending most of the early part of the season as like the forgotten man at the running back position for Tennessee, Derrick Henry has quietly scored touchdowns in three consecutive games. In my opinion, with the the fantasy player that I am, Derrick Henry holds flex value rest of season as a fantasy football asset. He is available in more leagues than he is not available. His ownership has gone down about 4 to 5% in the last week. In my opinion, buy Derrick Henry. From a fantasy perspective, don't don't actually try to buy him in real life. There's some really weird connotations behind that. I should probably have chosen a better word. This is to take nothing away from the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts, after being 1-5 and five on the season, have all of a sudden reeled off three straight wins. That offense is humming. It's the best offense in that division. It's among the best offenses in the entire AFC. They are scoring points. The defense still not great. They're the worst scoring defense in that division. One of the worst scoring defenses in the AFC. But if you can score more points than you give up, you're going to win football games. I think we can safely say at this point that uh, I think Andrew Luck is fine. Uh, 266 yards passing per game for the Colts this season. They're also putting up a buck 13 on the ground, you know, doing no small part to Marlon Mack. But like this team can move the ball both ways now. It's not just a one dimensional offense. And they're doing the most with that yardage, 28.9 points per game. This Indianapolis offense is one that you have to worry about now. Again, on the defensive side, not so much. Number 23 total defense in the NFL this season, giving up over 100 yards rushing, 268, more than 268 rather, per game through the air. So look, the defense isn't exactly great. I'll tell you a team that does have a great defense. That's the Tennessee Titans. Top 10 in the NFL in total defense, only giving up 228 yards a game through the air, under 100 yards per game on the ground, and being a very bend-but-don't-break defense. I believe, if I sort these right, the number one scoring defense all of a sudden, again, very quietly, but the number one scoring defense in the NFL is the Tennessee Titans. 16.8 points allowed per game. So this feels to me like very much a classic matchup of offense versus defense. I think I have to skew just the littlest bit towards the offense in this football game, though. I feel like I'm going to be underrating whatever team loses this. Like, whatever team I pick to lose, I feel like there's a credible case for someone in their fan base to step forward and say, you're underrating my team. Yeah, you're probably right, but somebody's got to win this game. Somebody's got to lose unless it's a tie. Please, God, no more ties. I think I'm going to take the Colts here. Maybe I'm just leaning on them because they're playing at home. If that's the case, so be it. I think this is an incredibly close matchup. It'll be one of the more fun games this week to watch. I'm going to take the Colts at home to beat the Titans. On the line, and as a reflection of how close this matchup is, Colts are the favorites, but only by two points. Since I like them to win and it's a small price to pay, let's take the Colts minus two. Total in the game is 48 points. I think I have to stay under on it. And this is just kind of a gut play for me. I'm waiting for the time when the Titans offense kind of comes back down to the norm. They played fairly well the last couple of weeks. I don't know that we're going to see another Derrick Henry touchdown this week. I, I just feel like that number is too high. I get that Indianapolis can score points, but Tennessee is the best team in the league at keeping points off the board. The two teams are only a combined 9-9 and over under this season. Kind of a coin flip, but I think that number's just the tiniest bit too high. So let's stay under 48 points in Indianapolis, Tennessee.
Let's go to New York now where the Giants somehow miraculously win that game on Monday Night Football. When I went to bed, when I fell asleep, I should say, it looked like it was in the bag that San Francisco was going to win. I feel like they were up by three and had the ball in the red zone. I feel like that was, now I was sleepy, so I could be totally wrong, but that's what I feel like it was, like when I was like, all right, well, this game's over, whatever. And then when I woke up in the morning, somehow the Giants had won. So now the Giants get to come home. They do have to play on the quote-unquote short week. They got to welcome in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Giants picking up just their second win of the season on Monday night. They're now 2-7 and seven on the year. Somehow, shockingly, both of their wins have come on the road. They have not won a game in their own building this year. The Bucks, losers of three straight games after evening their record at 3-3, three and three, giving up just buckets and buckets loads of points. Now, at the very least, they can score their way out of trouble sometimes. Looks like they found yet another weapon on the offensive side in Adam Humphreys, and it looks like Fitzpatrick is gaining some trust in Adam Humphreys, so he's definitely somebody that you got to pay attention to on that offensive side for Tennessee. Prior to the game last week, the game against Washington that they only scored three points, put up a ton of yardage but only scored the three points they'd scored 34 and 28 points respectively in losing efforts i'm kind of jumping ahead a little bit but the giants are the favorite in this game and i feel like that's an overreaction to the fact that hey cool we just saw them win on monday night that i think is something that we can take advantage of as somebody making picks i love the bucks in this game for one simple reason neither one of these defenses are very good but only one team is capable as far as i can see of scoring a ton of points and if this gets into a shootout of actually winning the shootout and that's the tampa bay bucks team with a better offense would not have lost that Monday night game against the Giants. So when you look at the San Francisco 49ers and you look at the Tampa Bay Bucks, one offense is much better than the other one. So I think this is a game that Tampa Bay is going to win, will win. Let's take the Bucks on the road in New York to quote unquote upset the Giants. Giants only being one point favorites against the spread. So obviously we like Tampa Bay to win. Let's grab the Bucks plus one total in the game set at 52 and a half points this is right around where i actually capped this game but i think i'm gonna skew under on it just because it's a game with one good offense granted the defenses are not great but a good offense still has to go out and contribute and finish i only see one good offense on this football field so let's stay under 52 and a half points in tampa bay new york Let's go to Washington now where the Skins, coming off of that aforementioned 16-3 victory against the Tampa Bay Bucks, get to welcome in the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans, the first of four teams coming in off the bye. Skins, as we mentioned, won 16-3 last week against the Tampa Bay Bucks, leading the NFC East at 6-3 by two games. While that might be about par for the course for the Cowboys, that is an incredibly disappointing statistic if you're a fan of the Philadelphia Eagles. Despite the Skins being 6-3, they're only scoring one more point on the season than they have given up, 176-175. to Basically, that means the wins are close, the losses are kind of blowouts. 
Again, Texans coming into this game off the bye. They sit at 6-3. and three. They're leading the AFC South only by one game over Tennessee, which again, how surprising has Tennessee been? But the Houston Texans, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. Count them. Six straight wins for the Texans. Probably entering the bye week at the worst possible time. You'd almost want to keep as much of that momentum as possible. But now what they've gotten, not only with the six straight wins, now they're healthy. Now they're better rested. They've got to be feeling good. Texans have the same record on the road as the Redskins have at home, that being three and two. So two of the Skins' three losses this season have come at home. Notably, Washington has not beaten an AFC opponent yet this year. They've only played one. They're 0-1 against AFC teams. Against NFC teams, Houston has actually won a game this season. This is a battle of two top 10 scoring defenses as well. So points in this game will absolutely be coming at a premium. So when you go over and you look on the offensive side, really, I think there's only one team that is going to be vastly more capable than the other one of moving the football and generating points. And I think that's the Houston Texans. Took a little coughing fit there, pardon me. The Redskins are seventh from the bottom in the NFL in terms of total offense, only two-tenths of a yard behind the Cincinnati Bengals. But unlike Cincinnati, that's actually turning that yardage into 26 points a game, Washington's only scoring 19.6. You take a look, Houston, in both cases, significantly better moving the ball, and they're turning it into more points. In a matchup where the defenses are relatively similar, kind of a wash, you got to skew to the better offense, certainly who's better rested. Even though the game's in Washington, I like the Texans in Washington to hang a loss on the Redskins. On the line, Washington a three-point dog at home, so Houston three-point favorite. We like them to win, relatively small price to pay, certainly running the risk of a push here on a key number, but let's take Houston minus three. Total in the game is 42.5 points. I personally capped it a little bit lower than this. And the two teams are only combined 6-12 and 12 on the over-under this season. So I think we're going to stick under on this, even though it's a quite a low number, though not the lowest that we'll look at this week. Let's stay under 42.5 points in Houston, Washington. Let's go to Arizona now for the battle of who gives a damn. Cardinals playing host to the Oakland Raiders. Cards fell back down to earth this week, losing to the Kansas City Chiefs, although that game was only 26-14, so not only was it lower scoring than I think most people expected, but, I mean, they hung around. That's only 12 points. The Raiders... Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Five straight losses for the Raiders. They have not beaten an NFC opponent yet this year. This will be their last game, I believe, this season against an NFC opponent. But I just have this gut feeling that this is exactly the kind of game that the Oakland Raiders will come out and win. They're one of these teams that, like, again, I can say fade the Raiders rest of season because they're absolutely trying to tank. And then they would come out and win a game like this. Most people are on Arizona in this game, and I can't say that I blame you whatsoever. I just have this weird gut feeling about Oakland, even though the game is in Arizona. Maybe Oakland rallies around these Californian wildfires. Who knows? I have no idea. But for whatever reason, my gut says Oakland. I think we're going to have to go Oakland. On the line, Arizona favored by four points at home. That's just way too many for me. I don't know that Arizona's a better football team than Oakland, but certainly not four points worth. So we're definitely going to hedge our bets even if we didn't like Oakland. But we like Oakland to win, so we're going to grab the Raiders 
plus four. Total in the game, 40 and a half points, the lowest total of the week that's actually been released. I have this capped significantly higher than this because neither defense is very good. So I think we're going to go over on this one, over 40 and a half points. My coughing is starting to get bad, so we're going to pick things up here a little bit. The Chicago Bears, we're going to go to Chicago now, playing host to the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings coming into this game off of their bye and should have a returning Dalvin Cook. This, of course, an NFC North matchup, and this basically is the matchup for the division right now. Chicago sitting at 6-3, and three, Minnesota 5-3-1, and one. Chicago coming in having won three consecutive football games, playing very well right now. And you can't tell me that there is a single person among you that would have looked at, you know, week 11 and said, well, week 11 of the season, the, the, the Chicago Bears would be the best offense in the NFC North. The Vikings so far have done their job away from their own building. They're 2-1-1 on the road, so they're above 500. they They've also done their job in the division. They have not lost a division game yet, whereas Chicago has. But the real key number here that stands out to me is the Chicago Bears are 4-1 and one in their own building. The conversation around this team is, well, they kind of struggle at home compared to some other teams. Maybe they're arguably a better road team than they are at home. Man, they got the best home record in the division right now, unless you count Green Bay. I think this is one of those matchups that really depends on where the game is being played. Since the game's being played in Chicago, I actually like the Bears. Also, welcome back to football, Dalvin Cook. Here's Khalil Mack. This could wind up being one of the more entertaining games of the week. I'm going to take the Chicago Bears at home to hang a big loss on the Minnesota Vikings. On the line, Chicago favored by two and a half points at home. We like them to win. It's a small price to pay. Let's take Chicago minus the two and a half. Total in the game, 45 and a half points. I have this capped more than a field goal, higher than this. So let's go over 45 and a half points in Minnesota, Chicago. And the last game we're going to look at before we get into our platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks for week 11 is the Los Angeles Rams playing host to the Kansas City Chiefs. Worth noting that this game was originally going to be played in Mexico City, but because of the concerns with the field conditions, apparently they're just atrocious. This game has been moved back to L.A. Obviously, this is going to be an offensive showcase on both sides. You're talking about two top five offenses in this game and two defenses that kind of like to leave things at home and just rely on their ability to score points. This also features one of the marquee running back matchups in the NFL, Todd Gurley versus Kareem Hunt. In what I legitimately think will be a matchup of last team to possess the ball wins, I'm actually going to take the underdogs in this one, and in this case, the underdog in this game is the Kansas City Chiefs on the road in L.A. Both of these teams are unbeaten at home. This would be the Rams' first loss in their own building. I think it's going to happen. I'm going to take the Chiefs in Los Angeles to beat the Rams. Part of why I'm doing that is taking a look at things against the spread. Against the spread, Rams are two and a half point favorites. Chiefs, obviously two and a half point dogs. The Rams are under 500 against the spread this season. Now granted, a lot of their spreads have been huge. Kansas City, on the other hand, a lot of their spreads have been big as well. They're eight and two against the spread. So not only are they winning, this team is winning and covering. I think they're the better football team top to bottom. I think they're a little bit better coached, although that is very, very, obviously very comparable. But I like the Chiefs to win. 
Let's take the Chiefs plus the two and a half points. Total in the game is it doesn't matter because it's going to go over. In this case, it's 63 and a half. It's huge. It's the largest total of the week by far. Take the over on it. I look at a game like... uh, I believe it was Rams and Saints from a few weeks ago where the total was like 65 or whatever. We took the over on it, and I think they scored 80. So that's going to be very comparable to what you're going to see this week. Go over 63.5 points in Rams-Chiefs. All right, folks, platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks for week 11 in the NFL, starting at the bottom, as always, with the bronze pick, where I'm 6-4 and four straight up. 5-4-1 and one against the spread. The only pick where I'm actually above 500 against the spread. On the totals, only 3-7. and seven. Not good. My bronze pick sees the New Orleans Saints at home playing host to the Philadelphia Eagles. The under 500 defending Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles. This is not necessarily something that I thought that I would be saying. I don't think the Eagles offense can hang in this game. I think the Eagles head and shoulders have the better defense in this game. But when you're the Saints and you're scoring north of like 35 points a game, I don't know that there's a defense in football that can stop you. Now, if there was one in the NFC, maybe Philadelphia would fit that mold. But Philadelphia also now has just lost Ronald Darby for the season, one of their better players in the secondary. That is going to be incredibly painful against a Saints team that very obviously is all in to win this season. Yeah, Des Bryant went down with that injury. They immediately turned around and signed Brandon Marshall. So they are very much in a look win-now mode, focus all on the offense, the offense to win us a championship. Maybe that's what they're aiming for. Maybe they think, like, look, maybe this is Breeze's last year. We got to win a championship. So they're all in to do that. I think the Eagles are just going to be a bump in the road here. So we're going to take the Saints at home to beat the Eagles. On the line, Saints favored by eight points at home. That's just disrespectful. (laughs) Even without Darby, you have to give enough credibility to this Eagles defense that they will be able to keep some points off the board. And you got to give enough credibility to the Eagles offense that they should be able to keep this game relatively close. Eight points is too many for me. Let's take Philadelphia plus eight. Total in the game, 54 and a half points. I had this capped just a couple of points above this. The two teams are only a combined nine and nine over under this season, but I think I got to lean over on it. I don't think it flies over by any means, but Philly's more than capable of putting up points. So let's go over 54 and a half. Saints win straight up, but I'm taking the Eagles plus eight against the spread, kind of hedging my bets there a little bit, but more so it's just too many points in a game that goes over 54 and a half points. That is your bronze pick. My silver pick where I am eight and two straight up, four and six against the spread and over under, sees the LA Chargers at home taking on the Denver Broncos. Division matchup here, Chargers and Broncos, two teams going in very much opposite directions. The Chargers, just like the Houston Texans, bam, 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 bam. Six consecutive wins for the Chargers after starting the season one and two. They are playing incredible football right now. Three and one at home. Broncos only one and three on the road. Chargers have a winning record in the division. Broncos have a losing record in the division. Chargers obviously... uh, hugely winning record against the conference opponents. Denver has only beaten one 
AFC opponent so far this season. Granted, it was a division opponent, but still, I just don't think the Broncos have the offense nor the defense, if I'm being brutally honest, this season in terms of the results to hang in this football game. I'm all over the Chargers in this one. Let's take the Chargers at home to beat the Broncos, despite the fact that the Broncos are coming into the game off the bye. They will be well-rested. I just think this is the Chargers game to lose. On the line, however, Chargers favored by a full touchdown. I think that's just a little bit too much for me in a division game. Two teams that and coaching staffs, obviously, that know each other very, very well. I just think it's too many points. So I'm going to go Denver here. Let's take the Broncos plus seven. Total in the game, 46 and a half points. I had this capped almost a touchdown higher than this. So we're going to go over the 46 and a half points. We got the Chargers straight up, but we're going to take the Broncos plus seven against the spread in a game that goes over 46 and a half. That is the silver pick. My gold pick where I'm eight and two straight up and an even five and five against the spread and over under sees an AFC North matchup and it might finally get the blind Canadian cat off of my back. The Baltimore Ravens at home playing host to the Cincinnati Bengals and holy crap is there ever a ton going on in this game. So if you're the Baltimore Ravens you're coming into the game off the bye that's good but you don't know who your quarterback's going to be that's bad. If you're the Cincinnati Bengals, you fired your defensive coordinator. Usually that would be bad, but their defense is arguably the worst in the league and it's on its way to being one of the worst all time. So that's probably good. Who's going to be calling the plays now on defense, at least in part? Head coach Marvin Lewis. That's bad. You know, I make this joke fairly often about weather people, about how weather people are the only people that can be wrong much more than half the time and whoever makes the decisions turns around and says okay come back tomorrow and I may have to amend that joke to also include Marvin Lewis in terms of coaching the Cincinnati Bengals even Bengals fans and like Bengals Homer fans are even like we got to get this guy out of here and when that's the case it's probably time to get that guy out of here So in a game with so much uncertainty, why in the world would I make this my gold pick? Quite frankly, you can't trust Cincinnati's defense to stop anybody. A JV team might be able to put up a bunch of points on the Cincinnati Bengals the way they're playing defense right now. And they've got pieces. That's why why it's so frustrating. And I can only imagine what it's like to be a fan. Quite frankly, whether it is Joe Flacco at 65 to 70% or whether it's who I think it should be, which is Lamar Jackson. You might as well put the kid in. You're not going to find a better defensive matchup to make, you know, your your first NFL start. You're not going to find a better defensive matchup than the Cincinnati Bengals right now. So whether it's Flacco, certainly at less than 100%, or whether it is Jackson at 100%, I think Baltimore puts up the points here. I think their defense turns it around. Look, Baltimore has not been playing very well lately. This is a rebound game. It has rebound game written all over it for them. I like Baltimore here in a walk. Let's take the Ravens at home to beat the Bengals. Line information is difficult to find for this game because Vegas are being cowards because of the whole quarterback situation, but 
The line did open up at Ravens minus three and a half. It now sits at Ravens minus four. Obviously, we're going to take that. I had kind of thought like, oh, it's four points too many. But once again, it's too small of a margin to hedge on. And you know what? It's under a touchdown against this Bengals defense. So let's take it. We're going to go Baltimore minus four. Now, there is no total in this game right now. But I would imagine you're probably going to see a total somewhere around like 45 and a half or 46 or 46 and a half something like you're going to see in like denver los angeles if that's the total go over on it if the total begins with a five you might have to consider sticking under just because of the uncertainty but if you get like a mid 40 a middling 40 i would say go over on it so baltimore beats cincinnati straight up we're going to hammer baltimore minus four against the spread And we don't know the total, but follow that advice as far as I'm concerned with the total once it is finally released. And that's what we like for the gold pick. And finally, the platinum pick where I'm eight and two straight up, but only four and six against the spread. I do have an above 500 record, five, four, and one on the totals. And that's the only game left this week. The Pittsburgh Steelers on the road in Jacksonville to take on the Jags. The Le'Veon Bell saga, at least for this season, is finally over. He did not report in enough time. He will forfeit the entire season. And basically, he's an asshole. And no, I'm not just saying that because I did take him in the NFL YouTube Prognosticators League. And think about that. I took Le'Veon Bell in the first round in that league. And up until just a few weeks ago when I hit this losing streak, I was 6-1. and one. So what does that say about the rest of the league? Anyways... That saga is finally over for the Steelers. They can now completely stop thinking about that. The decision's been made, at least until the offseason. Now they can just focus on playing football. And when you think about how good the Steelers have been this season, and now they get to focus on nothing but football, that is dangerous for the rest of the AFC. Steelers on a five-game win streak. They're 6-2-1. and one. They're leading the AFC North. They're definitely head and shoulders the strongest team in the AFC North you got the Bengals at five and four but they're about to fall off a cliff I feel the Ravens have you know kind of already fallen off the cliff so maybe they start climbing back up a little bit and you got the Browns at three six and one they're not a threat right now so basically it's Pittsburgh and everybody else and as far as Jacksonville goes like man Five straight losses for the Jags. That offense looks terrible. The defense still looks really good. But the Jags do not have the offense to hang in this football game. Sure, they got Leonard Fournette back. And sure, it looks like Leonard Fournette is at 100%. He certainly got the volume that would indicate he's at 100%. Didn't exactly have the results. So certainly some rust that was shaken off in that game last week. I would expect Leonard Fournette to be better I don't think that's going to be enough to beat Pittsburgh. So we're going to take the Steelers here, especially given that the Steelers have the long week coming off that curb stomping of the Panthers on Thursday Night Football last week. I like Pittsburgh in Jacksonville to beat the Jags. On the line, Steelers are favored by six points on the road. That's a tough one. I really did feel like maybe that was too many. But Pittsburgh's 5-0 against the spread in their last five. So not only are they winning those five games, they're covering those five games. It's under a touchdown. Let's take Pittsburgh minus six in Jacksonville. Total in the game, 47.5 points. It's right around where I personally capped this thing. But the two teams are combined 10-8 and eight over under. Slight lean towards an over. I think that's the way I'm going to go with it on what's kind of a high-end middling number. Let's go over 47.5 points in Pittsburgh-Jacksonville. 
So we like the Steelers to win. We're going to hammer the Steelers minus six against the spread over 47 and a half points. That is your week 11 platinum pick. All right, there you go, folks. Picks are in despite the struggling that I've had with my voice and the coughing that you didn't have to hear because audio editing is a thing. Here is the patented comment of the week from week 10. As everyone knows from the episode last week, I was not able to talk. It was only like seven and a half minutes long. It was all text. I apologize to the viewers that I know I have because I was told this before. The viewers that I have that are like visually impaired because if you can't really see what's on the screen, there's no real text-to-speech option or anything like that. So I do apologize to you for last week. The comment of the week from that Week 10 video goes to the man, the myth, the legend, the godfather, the prog father, Geo Knows. Geo's comment on the episode last week is, Miss that rich voice this week. Well, Geo, here you go. Try some sleepy lemon tea from Nerd Teas with a generous amount of gin. Oh, God. Gin, it's just like, I look at a bottle of gin and I'm like, how do I tell the difference between that and like my father's aftershave lotion from 1989? I just, I don't know. Gin, gin, not so much for me. Good luck with the picks. Hashtag LTTMM, which for the uninitiated is let's take the man's money. Geo, I hope you took the man's money this week, but what you did take down is the comment of the week. Yours was the comment of the week from the week 10 video. All right, folks, there you have it. Week 11, a little bit late, but it is in the books. Thank you so much again for being patient with me from last week. And thank you so much in advance for the views and the comments and the likes and all the interaction and everything that makes this as fun and as fulfilling as it is, not only for me, but for everybody in this community. That's it for me, Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the great folks at NerdTees, nerdtees.ca, promo code BWFinest, all that great stuff. Thank you so much for listening. Week 11 is in the books. We will see you again in week 12. 